Howdy there, folks. Takes the Black Pants Legion here with Mr. Mike on the eve of the release of the Warhammer. Warhammer Eve release? Yeah, we're getting there, huh? Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hi, Mike. Hi. We're, we're, we're the people who've been working very hard. Yes. It's pretty crazy because um, we know it's going to come out and we know what people are going to see. And we're going to see the same thing Mike and I always see, yeah. which is... Uh, sudden vested interest of the wider community who goes oh my god we can't believe this is so amazing we see the uptick in everything we do and then like when we don't release something BattleTech for a while they're like eh, they fade away yeah yeah and it's fine because every time that recedes every time that wave recedes mm -hmm. more little kind of jewels wash up on shore and that's what i've noticed you know, every time that wave recedes of interest, someone else will just wash up on the shore and it'll be like, oh. Welcome to this episode of Lost. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, well, hey, welcome aboard. And they're like, uh. Welcome oh. to Ohio, the island. Ohio Island. You can't leave. So we had a fun idea for today. Um, so we did the movie game in the past. And believe it or not, someone, if you go out there and look up uh, Knife Fight City Wikipedia um, or Knife Fight City Cinematic Universe Wiki, there is a fan of ours who started it. We started reading through it, and it was really, really good. It's really well put together. He's just started it, and that team could probably use some help, and there's some probably some contact information on the talk pages where yeah. you could get in there and just start contributing and helping. And I bet if you guys got in there, that could be pretty fucking funny. And uh, I, I tell you what, I'm not going to tell you guys how to do your job, but I'll check back in like six months and uh, just see what it looks like, you know, and see, yeah. if, see, if, see if you guys are still having fun. I think the write-ups that are already there are actually really good. So they are. I, I think that... Try to, try to meet that level. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like, you, you, no pressure, guys, but all you have to do is listen to those podcast episodes. It's like a guideline, and then make shit up to fill up the rest. Just yeah, be like... whatever. Yeah, so you're like, we, on some of these, we gave up like a three-sentence description, right? So you yeah. can go and write that three-sentence description by listening to that episode, and yes. you're like, okay, bam, guess what? Everything in between, that's yours, baby. That's, that's yours. So you could be like... Yeah, did you know that Zeffirelli was shot in the mouth on set over a bagel? Oh. And you just put that trivia in there. Guess what? Boom, true. Absolutely true. Welcome to the Knife Fight City Cinematic Universe. You could be like, in scene 14, the knives were real. They didn't know it on set, but the actor did, and he didn't tell anyone. This was the last film he did. You could add that in. You could add that in. You can make that mystical universe. You could say the pyro on this one set blew up two real helicopters. They kept it in the real, but they had to redub it. Unfortunately, they lost all the money and had to do it by mouth. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> they have like a real helicopter accident where they lost the sound. So they ran out of money and they're just like. <laughs> See, you can make up your own Hollywood trivia. That's That's what we're telling you guys. We're not trying to say like write out all of our mouth word dumb ideas. Like, whatever crazy behind-the-scenes stories you want as behind-the-scenes nonsense, I want you to put in there. I want you guys to have fun with it and just create and, and just and just have a good time doing it, please. But, yeah, I, I just want people to have fun. Yeah. You know, just because we, we just gave them the seeds, and we're saying, hey, man, if you tin those seeds and grow some trees, we'll be glad to come stand on the shade with you guys. Yeah. Like, if you guys... Because Mike and I are people who just love throwing crazy ideas out there, and we don't care... If someone takes it and does stuff with them, because some of our favorite stuff is derivative art where like Mike and I get really excited when people draw fan art of dumb stuff we do. And we're like, oh my God, it's real now because it has fan art and, and, and it's, it's, it's like Thorax draws all that great shit for the podcast, you know? Yeah. And he animates it and so on. And we, we don't have to ask him to, he just wants to. And it's, you know, it's, it's his, it's his thing and, and he does it and it's cool. 
And people can like it or not, but I like it. I do too. And we're the artists and we're going, that's great. That's, that's fantastic. I like that. So if I throw, you know, the knife fight city out there and someone else goes out there and like, say 10 years down the road, some community college goes, let's make one of these movies. I'd be like, fuck yes, please, please make that movie. I just want a copy. I don't, I don't want any real credit. I mean, a nod of respect is acceptable. I think that's that's very yeah. acceptable. But I I don't want any credit. I don't want any money. I just I just want a copy of that on VHS, <laughs> so I can have in my hand a relic of an idea I had once while I was thought deprived. I want that full circle. I want to know what that feels like. Yeah, so when you have Alzheimer's and you look at all, back at all this, you go, what the fuck was I? Yeah, what was I a big film man? Yeah, you yeah. want to think that you're at least several levels higher than you were. Well, it's it's about setting myself up so that my Alzheimer's in old age is, is really entertaining. Uh, you know, that or uh, when they write my obituary, they don't know what I really did. <laughs> You're like, yes, the space program was closed because when I worked on that space station, I tried to settle guns inside cargo. And they're like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> the obituary is like 13-year employee nano tracing, space station cargo technician grade seven, quartermaster of the year. And people are like, what? What? He also made movies. Made That's one it. or two. Well, think about it, because in and I, I know some people are going to go, "Oh, text, this is fucking morbid." It's not. It's not. It's not. I'm a historian. Think about this from a hundred years on, where they look back and they can't tell the difference between what's real and what's just bullshit. They can't tell what you're shit posting. They can't tell what notes are you mad? Are you making a joke? What's hyperbole? What's not? Text won't be sufficient for this. No. So it's if, always been that way, even with the written letter. So if you create a bunch of weird shit in your life and you just do it earnestly and funnily and make it as real as you can, and then people examine the artifacts of your life in future generations, they will just go, what the fuck? And you can be that one strange thing that was just happy to be whatever it was, whether it was making music or documentaries. So uh, we wanted to escalate the um, next level of our cinematic universe. A lot of people have been saying we love Knife Fight City, and I think some of the people who said they'd been looking at or working on or connected with a wiki had said that, you know, some of the interest had waned uh, in Knife Fight City. And I said, well, you know, why don't we bring that back? And I have an exercise in that. We can just create movies on the fly. And we're going to show you how easy it is as a creative exercise. We have access to a giant sound library. Yes. Because uh, Text Talks Battletech, we can't compose all this. We don't have that budget. No, no. No. So uh, we, there, we do what everyone who's doing the kind of stuff we're doing does. Yeah. So we, we go to one of two sites predominantly, which is Epidemic Sound, which we have a license through, or Storyblocks. Which we also have a license through. And if, if you see anyone who does like long format uh, talking. Uh, you might hear some of the songs we've used. Yeah, you, you'll find all sorts of common stuff there. I mean, nothing like using stuff in Text Talks Battletech or in Fireteam Whiskey or what have you. And then looking over and seeing it like in a documentary and you're laughing your ass off because you, re you realize where they got the stuff. Yeah. So, so for like anyone under Hollywood levels of production, these are the places where they're pulling stuff. Yes. If you're doing home editing, this is where you're getting it from. It's either story blocks or epidemic sound. 
and so um, th- then we also have a lot of custom stuff, and we've also done custom cuts of tracks and all sorts of shit because we'll need like a five or an eight minute cut of a three minute track, and that gets weird. But um, there's a lot of music out there on this that is very generic or designed to be used in video games or Hollywood uh, movie th- trailers or the indie film stuff or corporate film. Especially. Lots of corporate shit. Lots yeah. of corporate film. So we're going to show you two things. This is shit Mike and I, this is what we have to do so we don't end up being a factory. We have to sit through hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of this music, reading these labels that make no sense. And then we have to try to figure out what we can use this for in an existing timeline to try to match it. And it is fucking insane scoring a film. So anyone out there listening are going to hear us score in real time, essentially, by going through some of these and playing a game. And the game is Mike and I are going to try to make up movies on the fly using this as a backing track for the trailer and try to describe and show you how Hollywood makes trailers and thus scores movies. Yeah. Free education, filmmaking. All right. Give me a word to start out with. All right. A what's word. A, what's a, what's a word. A, uh, if you okay, describe not, your movie not, in a word. I, okay. I'm not even looking at the, your Think screen. Think of a movie I'm, and then yeah. describe it with right, one word. All right. Um, um, foggy. Here we go. West Virginia isn't what it once was. <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> not since the laser rain came. <laughs> The hoot owls out there have sonic screech beams to melt a man's face off. That's why you need a plasma Winchester these days. Sheriff, I got something to tell you. Yeah. Your daughter. Yeah. She's been taken. By who? You know who. Damn. <laughs> That's like every ABC special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like laser rain coming to you. Yeah, laser rain. Laser rain. Sam Elliott is the main character there. He's got the big droopy mustache. Yeah, just, he does that slow <laughs> look away, and he's like, "Damn." <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. So let's let let's do one. Let's do one for you, Mike. Let's do you. What you you take the lead on one. Uh. So so. Yeah. Think of a name. Think of a name. Think of a name. Think of a name. Say it. Say it to the audience. Flight. Flight. All right. All right. All right. I'm with you. All right. I got to get past the sound effects. Uh, <laughs> just use sound effects. Just the trailers. Boing. And you're like, what? Here's one. That just actually looks like a trailer, too. All right. Go. Ever since I was a kid, all I wanted to do was just fly airplanes. Fly airplanes. But the FAA wouldn't let me do it because of, you know, acts of terrorism or whatever they called it. You so, can't fly indoors, kid. Well, that's where they're wrong. And then it just unveils. I've got like this giant machine there. And they're like, I'm going to go back in time. <laughs> what? It has nothing to do with flying. It's a time machine. I'm going to kill the Wright brothers. <laughs> Murder the Wright brothers. If no I can't. <laughs> yeah. He turns. Yeah. If he turns. If I can't fly, no one will. Yeah. Oh my God. But the guy's an idiot, and he goes back to like um, the 1790s, and he has to oh, like he's in mer- he's in rural Ohio, right? Like, like so, imagine I'm in Cleveland or like yeah. rural Ohio. He activates the machine, and so he just teleports, and it's the middle of the wilderness, and he's like, yeah. "Shit, which way do I go?" And it's, it's ni- like sticks and, and stuff. And it's like everywhere. 1903. Yeah. <laughs> 
so oh, no. so so he's wearing shorts and he gets like fined for public indecency. They're like <laughs> showing a lot of skin there, bud. Out here on the Great Lakes, we don't like this. As like, what's with your shoes, Mister? Those look like open air. Is that what they call sandals? Is it the Middle of, East? Are you one of those bohemians? <laughs> Better take him up. He's probably got some of them opium clarinets on him. All right, give me another one. Your your turn. All right, uh, let's do let's do uh, corn. All right. We here at Butterton Farms believe in prime buttered ham and pulled buttered pork shoulder. Slow cascading rivers of butter flow through Butterton Farms as they always have. Ever since our... (laughs) Please don't ask what we were doing from 1861 to 1865. Happy farmlands and sunshine with biscuits in the light and... Not anything not remotely American inside. Why, yes, sir, that is our photo here at Butterton Farms. Established in 1432. Don't mind how. <laughs> Don't ask how. Hail Hydra. Hydra! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you see how commercials are written. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone out there wants to make a funny commercial and you don't think you can, or you want to make a funny movie trailer, but you don't want to even make a fucking funny movie, just go and get like a Storyblocks subscription or an Epidemic Sound subscription. Don't even need one. You can just play the music. They'll just have like a yeah, yeah, yeah. sound effect play over. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Just, just do whatever you got to get that little song is what I'm saying. Scrape together the resources or go find a music database that's free. I don't care. whether Freesound.org. Sure. Anywhere. I'm just saying, start browsing these little sound bits and just let it build a soundscape in your head. Yeah. And let your imagination play it. You can make, if you can make a trailer out of listening to one song, which we just did. We've just made trailers you could probably see in your head. You've probably cast people. I bet some of the clever people out there yeah. have already cast, like, that's Matthew McConaughey turning well, toward the camera. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I bet you. That's fine. If you... That shows you can do this. If you can listen to a two-minute clip, if you're a husband and wife, if you're a dude and his gal, a gal and his gal, a dude and a dude, whatever you got, whoever your friend is, if you're just there with your friends, your family, your small little group, and you're hearing my voice right now, and you go listen to one of these little sound bits, wherever it is, I bet you you could make a fucking trailer. I bet you you could make a fucking trailer. And if you could make a trailer, you can make a movie. Yeah. It's all it is, just imagining what it is and then putting it on paper so you can share it with other people. And, and, and that's that's what Mike and I believe in. We want people to do stupid. We want people yeah. to, you know, so it, that's why we're telling you this. And stuff. I want to help do the stupid. I, I'm really good at showing how to make things work because I like troubleshooting. So I'm, I'm always open to answer right, questions. Let's, let's do one. Let's do one, Mike. I got one for you. Let's let's do uh, let's let's put in the word uh, future. We need a far future. We need a space future, Mike. Okay. We need a we need a we need a um, oh interstellar. We need we we need space future wormhole space. I got you. Because space is like seven times as big as Manhattan. Last I did the numbers, and that's uh, really big. But yeah, uh, I got lost in Manhattan once. It's not a fun place. No, um, there's as as far as talking with Discount Dan, uh, who was a real firefighter uh, in New York. um, He he said that there is one place in New York that is uber alles, 
Uh, he tells me it is 99 cent fresh. The rat hole paints a joint by the Chrysler building. He says 99 cent fresh by the Chrysler building where you come in with a number of digits and that's how many slices you get. No ahs or ums or mouth words. Fucking order your pie and get the fuck out. 99 cents a slice. He was like, there's no bullshit. There's like five things on the menu. I was like, God, it sounds like you're just angry. Like, I need to walk in, get my slop, and get out. And he says, it's New York, baby. Yeah. He did I, not say baby. get yelled at for standing or taking well, too long he, to order. He did not say baby at all. He said, it's New York. And then I was like, that's concrete, baby, because that dog in the tuxedo makes me laugh. Yeah. That meme. And he's like, why do you keep saying that? And I was like, that's concrete, baby. And he's like, why do you keep saying that? I'm like, I'm going to keep saying it till you laugh. I will make you love this meme. All right. Well, here is the uh, the synth trailer. Synth trailer. All right. I, I'm guessing. Let's find out. I've heard this in so many games. I've heard this in games. I I play games yeah. now that have. Yeah, we were gonna make in. a trailer. This one's just clearly no, it's a no. It's like I I I I play games that have this in it right now. All right, <laughs> let's let's try this one. Comstar. Wait, no. Wait, wait, wait. We here at Lock and Gluger heard you about our class action lawsuit against our face-exploding bullets. We believe in the most face-shattering ordinance known to man. And so, when the government told us to stop making guns, we said okay. And thus, we announce to you today we will return to the defense industry. We are making swords. Razor sharp, jagged edged, and flaming with American gasoline. Lock and Gluger, the finest defensive sword you can buy. Now partnered with John Tackett's Ford down by I-95. And available at every Walmart. Like, <laughs> that's what those commercials are. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's a company going, I'm suffering diversity. Grassroots. Yeah. Grassroots. 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 I'm suffering diversity. I'm there with the American people. We have to build yeah. from the ground up, we, the dirt yeah. under our feet. Yeah, we we got to push hard. And it's it's always like covering up something like... Yeah, we poisoned the whole dam and killed a bunch of people's fish, but, you know. We may have made a mistake or two with that poison, but that won't stop our future from growing because we're fucking rich. Why are we making this trailer? Well, because we don't give a shit, honestly. Because PR told us to. But I told, I fired them, so I'm just going to send this as a message uh, to all of you. Type in robot. Type in robot. Let's let's see what they got. Hey, let's, let's see what robot brings up. Robot. Robot. Uh, okay. Let's do another, uh, this one's called Frisky Robot. Frisky Robot. Oh. This sounds like sitting in deep space in the eve. Like the ambient soundtrack. Yeah. You know, like in a wormhole. Oh, nope. Never mind. You know, I just want to make a living down here in the city. It's not a really a big deal, is it? But, you know, I'm just going to tell you, it ain't easy. Not with them robot police. That's Don Carlone. He's one of the biggest uh, mafia bosses here in the city. I wouldn't mess with him. No, but he better watch out for the robot police. Yes, the robot police. Yeah, man. I was talking about this guy. I, I know, man. 
with the robot police. They arrested the president, man. Hold on, I gotta do a break dance now. I see that. My moves, are they not enticing to the uh, youth of the audience that is watching? Your disbelief in the juxtaposition of the suggestion of an AI takeover and Don Carlone coinciding with this dance and frisky beat is understandably evocative in okay. dance. <laughs> I yeah that was just bizarre. See, we'll run into stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. We're we're sitting there listening to it, and it starts off with a crunchy beat, and we're like, okay. In my head, it was immediately like a GTA Five theme exactly, trailer. Exactly, exactly. You hear an, a nice low pulsing beat where you in your head you're like, okay, here's a car slip siding sideways on a slick street with like sunlight in the California sunshine, like chasing after somebody. It looks fucking badass. It's yeah. got the big rooster tails of water streaming behind it. And you're like, Oh yeah. Fucking loud V8 roaring fish tailing out. And you have that pulsing over it and you start hearing that pump pump of the beat. And then you're like, okay. And then it gets into electronic you know, like, okay, and then it starts to get distorted. And so as you're soundtracking, the first thing is very clear as an evocative image. And then it just starts getting, what is this? Uh, what the fuck? Okay, wait, wait. Let's give an example of of uh, trailer music. Let's, yeah, let's... so like the, the basic, boring trailer music that everyone uses. Yeah. All right, so here's one. Uh... Let's skip ahead. We here at Comstar believe that by listening to all of your thoughts, we are made richer. Thank you for thinking in our direction and trusting omnipresent logistical solutions. Drop the mic. Show, show people like fucking working hard, yeah. guys with guns. Yeah. Ships or, blowing up. Comstar exactly. standing there with its flag on top of a clan ship. Exactly. Dude, exactly. Join the com cards today. Fight for the right of the inner sphere. And, and it's 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 all very same-same in the way this is written. Make a paycheck that isn't going to be... Uh, Worthless. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the <laughs> Which thing. Which state are you with? <laughs> the one that has the money. Um. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing is if you... Ooh, what's that? Another one of these inspiring trailers. Yeah, so here's the thing. Uh, They're all motivational. Right, so here's... I tried to hit stop. So here's the thing. <laughs> Sorry. So here's the thing, is, is when it comes down to these, you'll hear when music is written by the same artist... And they want to say something is inspirational. What is a key musical cue for inspirational music, Mike? Well, it's usually like a loud drum. Drum start. Drum percussion. With a, yeah, drum rolling start, and then they do the Zales Diamond commercial shit with fucking violins, and it's a chopping rhythm. There's probably some history behind it. There's a trailer usually that starts this entire wave, like um, with. Uh, Inception and that whole horn, yes. yeah, the, the, the foghorn that well, everyone used. The thing, the thing is, is if you look at Inception and then you look at like Interstellar, you use very similar uh, progressive themes with very powerful, uh, just kind of leap motifs that just drown out everything else, and it creates a sense of 
urgency and drowning urgency, like a wall is coming toward you and you have to do something. It, it sounds, it is, it's very manic. It, it's off putting and music soundscapes can change the interpretation of visuals. Um, if you took, for example, like inception, a lot of this dreamscape stuff, if you took that soundtrack out of it and replaced it with something very fanciful and like say harps and ringing bells, very Zen, Mm-hmm. you would know it was a dream the whole time. It would go, oh, this is a dreamscape. Because how does Hollywood tell you it's a dreamscape when someone's flitting around it? You hear like wind chimes. You hear little bells and Zen stuff. You hear things that don't match. It shows that you're in a serene dream. If you added that to Inception, if you took out the very, very loud soundtrack and added all of that you know, Tibetan Buddhist shit in the background, the stuff that I find really, really calming, if you had that in the background of Inception over what they're doing, you would go, oh, they're dreaming. Your brain would automatically connect that. Yeah. Soundscape. And that's really what we try to edit for is the yeah. music. We, you'll find that... Try. We'll try. It's, there's no perfect fits, but there's, there's a lot that goes into scoring. Um, so another one, let's, let's, let's see if we can't find a... We need an action movie. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do, but unfortunately, there are what, what I've been able to find on Storyblocks are um, upload trolls where they'll make the same like four p- chord progressions for yeah, every why song. Yeah, why don't you just tell people, walk people through? Yeah, so like this whole market of upload trolls. So because ha- we have to deal with that. Yeah, so the, what I'm talking about is there are people who will upload just the same sounding music, but they'll put it in different genres. So it'll be like. And then they'll do boom, boom, and they're just doing that over and over and over again, and it's the same like five people. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll basically they're like um, they're they just get, they're for the cheap. Yeah, they get paid per upload. So what they'll do is they'll get an upload that sounds okayish, and then they'll do like thirty variations on that with or without yeah. like. It'll be like the trip hop version of it or whatever, and so they'll labor it or they'll yeah. They will label it a bunch of different things and then we'll go in and be actually looking for soundtrack and we'll go like, oh, wow, here's an eight minute section. It's this many beats per minute and it's yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, and I think like, it's also just who story blocks can actually afford. Well, yeah, I, I get buy that. The rights I, from. I get that. I get that. But it's it's like I'm trying to express the annoyance as a documentary filmmaker going in and looking for labels of stuff and say, I need something that's this many beats a minute. I need something to match this tone. I need these keys and what mm-hmm. have you. And I get something that's labeled like that. And then I go click on it and I, it's eight different variations of the same thing. And it's just shotgunned in there with everything else. Yeah. It, it won't even match what is being, uh, what is being searched for. So you'll yeah. be like, I'm looking for, you know, generic epic trailer sound. All of them are going to sound like an inspirational fucking, um, corporate meeting thing because it's the same five people uploading and they're uploading it in so many different batches that all the people who are uh who have that label are pushed way off to the side and it's because they're playing an algorithm and the reason yeah they're playing the algorithm and while people will go oh boohoo text it sounds like you're getting mad at the algorithm or whatever else no no what i'm trying to point out is when people do this and get paid for doing it they're shitting on people out there like kumakin who made like all of these themes we use, like Colton Sousa Tot and um, a lot of the Text Talks Battletech themes. He did the uh, Grandpa Text theme, Pink Bikini, yeah. that everyone loves. That's one guy. 
And he can turn it out. You could be like, hey, Kumakin, can you give me an 8-bit soundtrack to an NES game that never existed? And he's like, what key? And then next week, he'll give it to you. It's because he plays a lot of different genres. He doesn't yeah, just he, stick to like one type and go, I found my meal ticket. Because he's yeah. in it. He's in it to learn. He's in it to actually learn and apply. And so every time one of these people shotguns the shit in there and gets paid for it, people like Kumakin get less work. And I get mad at that because I'm going, I want to reward the people who are out there busting their ass, learning and evolving when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it sucks because, you know, it's it's a monolithic website. And yes, they have to sell this stuff. And yes, there's certain requirements. And and as I said, I will be more than happy to talk to anybody about any of the projects they're working on or need any help with questions. I, I'm not opening myself up to like, hey, let me in on your project. I'm saying like, if you've got specific questions, love troubleshooting. Sure. Well, that's, that's the thing. Please reach out to do that. I, I hate that people yeah. are afraid to do that. Yeah, I'm we're like, not, no, no, no. I want to nah. help. We, we want to help. It's just, there's all the difference in the world between someone saying, hey, dude, I hit this X point and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I love troubleshooting with people. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's that's fine. It's, it uh, helps me understand the program better. The shit we can't stand typically is when someone comes to us and goes, I have an idea here it is and they give me like three notes on a piece of paper and they're like make that and just credit me and i'm like this isn't a producible idea this isn't a script this isn't a shot timetable this isn't voices yeah this isn't hollywood we're not yeah, yeah we're, we're not like we are just two boring dudes yeah who, we're, we're, we're yeah, like, we don't we yeah, don't we're, we don't we're not open for yeah, we're we're not trying to buy ideas or anything but we have people who have genuinely come to us and been like Ah, yes. A few people have managed to scrape together enough self-worth to do something different. Ah, well, I'm going to sell them a capital idea and make a million dollars. And I'm like, I don't have a million dollars. Why would I give you a million dollars? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But people, I don't know. It's it's kind of strange. It's, it's why I warn people about uh, parasocial relationships in all my videos. I warn that. That's been part of my credits for a long time is... People need to understand that though they may see or hear us through a lens, I really don't want them to have any sort of of dependence on my life. No, uh, I think that just makes the whole conversation feel a lot sadder than it needed to be when you uh, have to approach somebody with just this like, man, everything I have going on is just terrible and everything just, it's like, I am all, we're always open to listen, but of course we have well, people who just constantly do that as a form of like trying to get you to, you well, know, give we, them money. Well, yeah, we, and it's we, weird. Yeah. It's, it's just weird. And we're, we're, we're not dealing with anything new. That's anyway. what, that's what a lot of people thought of me. And I was like, no, I just wanted to, I've, I've been always looking for somebody that I can work on stuff with well, and trust them to do that, their part. That, well, that's, that's part of the story of production is it's like, if, when before we worked together you had a lot of bad people that taught you a lot of valuable skills yeah i worked with a lot of people that well part of the reason was because i had to learn them by myself because they were like hey sink or swim here like hey we need a filmmaker to come out here and do this or whatever and i'm like oh hell yeah man i love working on this stuff and finds out i'm the only person there i've set up the audio set up all the lights i've got set up the camera i gotta then also interview the people at the same time and the person who set all this up isn't even fucking there and I don't want to waste the time of the people that I'm there to, to meet up. So I've set all this up and get it. 
And then I'll get phone calls like, oh, yeah, hey, man, I was just busy in the office. I'm glad you're able to take care of it. I was like, that was my first, like, big fuck you middle finger I got from somebody. And I was like, never again. Oh, that's... that's then it kept happening because I kept finding more people who were very good at persuading me to, like, get back into editing and get back into filmmaking. And I honestly thought... I was going to tell Tex no, but then he started talking about how it sucks that he can't find editors that can just at least sit there for more than, like, seven months to like work on a single video and i'm like yeah i feel you man i i understand that completely i'm like this is exactly the kind of shit i used to have to deal with well we that's why we work well together is we have the same problems and then i do uh, far cry 5 the for two se- years seven um, years seven year uh well it's everyone <laughs> to be has, fair i, I just like that every, series a lot everyone has their white whale mike everyone has their white whale everyone but, but the the thing is is when it comes down to production mike and i have a view of it and it's it's very different um there's the honest do shit within your means and do the best you can method which is like the fred rogers and Mm -hmm. the roger corman and the canon films method and then there's that hollywood bullshit which is what everyone else does and that hollywood bullshit is where it's like no, 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 you can't work with your friends. You got to go through this and through that and meet this and that and eight different people need to get paid and blah, blah, blah. And no, you if you want to work with this, you got to do eight of these projects to get one of those. And oh, you got to help me in these eight different ways. And oh, you got to, you know, suck my dick to get ahead. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather just run this shit like a farmer's market yeah. where I've got my fucking produce. And if people are willing to truck a little while, they can come look at it. And I'm willing to work with any other farmer who's willing to live out there and work and, and work and live by their work and nothing else. And that seems simple. That seems very, very simple. There's a lot of people we know who feel really uncomfortable when we talk about this stuff uh, because they're the people that we're, we have literally told no to. They're the ones that, that constantly come at us looking at like this is like some sort of opportunity to make some kind of huge thing for their business or whatever because you've gotten so many people approach you about well it, wanting you to join I, their like weird local well, charity dude I, I showed you like i've showed you the charity not really it's yeah it's not yeah. even a charity it's, it's just like it's not even some a, no, organization it's, it's, it's not it's generally not a charity it's generally a private organization that has no charitable aims and they're like hey we need twenty thousand dollars that's an average ask for me and and here's here's one um I'm not going to say the name of the game company, but uh, this is this is a big game company. As I'm yeah, showing yeah. Mike right I, here, yeah, yeah, you recognize shit, yeah. this name, right? And so we need this. We've released blah blah blah. I'm not mentioning the day, but this is a big game to attract more players. You know, they said um, we'll send you the script in a finished 30 second ad roll for a 30 second ad roll. Yep, they they yeah, they just want you to. They want to sponsor. They want you to put. They want you to basically put an advertisement on your channel for this game that they're doing. Yeah. And they also want you to read a 30-second ad roll. And it's like, the thing is, these people come at us thinking like this is fucking normal. And I'm here to tell you ad fuckers, it is not normal. It is only normalized by these fucking idiots that are on the top tier of YouTube. Nobody else gives a fuck about that shit. Right. Not anybody who watches it. Not anybody fucking reads it. The only people, the only thing they care about is the money they get in their pocket. You're wasting your time doing this. And it's, it's one of those things where Mike and I are very aggressive against that shit. And make a good game. People will come to it. You don't need to chill out to YouTubers. Let me, let me give you 
an example. Yeah. I, Mike and I see TV as something that is cancerous and is dying. And we saw YouTube and the internet as TV 2.0, this idea of something that could be yours, YouTube. It could be whatever you wanted. If you want to play the balalaika, you can have a balalaika channel. You want a Mongolian throat sing, you can have a Mongolian throat singing channel. You want to show how to iron pleated pants, motherfucker, you can have an iron pleating pants channel. You can do whatever you want. And you can make your own version of it. Yeah. The more the merrier. The more the merrier. There could be like eight channels about ironing pleated pants and what belts to wear with them. And that's great. That was what it should have been. Infinite channels in infinite ways. So just YouTube is just pants? Yeah. It could... Well... 500 channels of pants. Sure. Great. Pant tube. All the things. The (laughs) idea is it would be infinite TV channels and infinite ways on infinite things. And you, the user could choose what they wanted to watch a la carte. You could put on your tray what you wanted to take in. Oh, I'm in documentaries today. Oh, wow. I'm in video games today. Oh, cool. I'm going to check out food today. And you could do that. But then they put in the algorithm and now they're saying, Oh, those things you wanted on your cart? Well, I've replaced half of them. And the other ones you want, I'm just going to hide them in the back where you can't see them. And so it became more and more and more like cable TV. And this is just another step of it where they're saying, hey, uh, we know people don't trust us anymore because we lied to them for 30, 40, 50 years on television about bullshit. And so um, we found out that when we hire a paid celebrity to do endorse people, they, they really, really don't listen and they don't trust them because they're millionaires. So what we do instead is we are going to go pay the average guy or gal who's just like you, yeah. reaches right through that screen and says, I'm just like you. And guys, this would help me out. And da, da, da. We'll pay them just a couple of bucks and they'll do the work for us and that's how it works and so it became tv 2.0 but worse than tv in every way because on tv 2.0 they put on the bottom of that fucking screen asterisk paid advertisement not a real person here's the other thing too um even though for a lot of people who hear that yeah it sounds crazy because you know you've been told when you become sponsored, this is it. And you believe it because money helps. Money is a very good motivator for a lot of people to Absolutely, do anything. Absolutely, to a point. But here's the thing historically, what, what will happen. Um, and I, I predict this to be true. I don't think taking any of those deals will help us at all. No, it's, it's it a won't. poison pill. Um, it's, it's it, would a, do, it would do nothing but harm ruin, it ruin would harm us. It would harm us. And, and here's why. And everyone out there is like, well, what what's the price of something like this? I've gotten average prices for a channel my size, for yeah. a channel my size, and I want you guys to sit out there, and if you need a calculator, get one. Fire one up. Fire one up. Let's do some math. That's seven to $900 for 30 seconds, and here's the best part. Here's how they get you to do it, and this is how I will prove that I'm unhirable because I'm going to tell you the thing they tell me and everyone tells me. Oh, don't worry about it. You can put it in your own words and make it an NI commercial and funny if you want. Yeah. That's what they want. So they will pay you either way. People will click the links. People will talk about it. And people will talk about it as an extension of your art and not a commercial. That is the idea. So here's the idea. Seven to $900 for 30 seconds of my time. I could release three to four of those a week. Do the math. Yeah. So I don't. And I just released, that's the numbers. That's for a channel my size. Imagine a channel five times my size. 
or 10 times my size. Add zeros to that. Yes. It's exponential. And so the thing is, you wonder why people will suddenly shill bad shit. That's why. It's a number, and it's a very easy number. But here's the thing I know. Here's the thing I know. I know this for a certain because I've lived this, and, and it's if you're real and you're genuine and you tell people how it is and you tell people when you fuck up and you tell people when you struggle and you tell people when you're sad and, and you share everything and you're honest and you speak with your heart even if your voice fucking shakes and, and, and you, just, you just go out there and you bear all your shit to the world, you will attract people who are interested in the real you, not in the five minutes of art. And they will be more interested in your struggle and your humanistic perspective on things and appreciate you as a person than they ever will as a meme lord or something. Because once you've sold your name or your opinion, you can never buy it back. No. Ever. And people think that's a hard line, but there's a difference. I am not opposed to selling my work. I'm a gunsmith. Mike's seen me sell my gunsmith. Yeah. It does. Patronage is, it patronage is welcome. It's, it's, it's just, it's, we don't want to sell. We want the, the people who pay to be the ones something. that, that demand what they want from us. Not the, not some advertisement company that exactly. wants nothing to do with us. Right. So Mike and I have a view on things that is very medieval. We believe in the patronage system, which is like Mike's seen me sell my gunsmith. How classic theater used to be. Yeah. And, and Mike see, saw me sell my gunsmithing. You've seen me sell my work, and you mm-hmm. know my work does command a very premium price. It truly does, because and you spend a very long time on on a lot of this stuff, and it's because the stuff they give you is not easy work. Right, and it's so I, when I do these things, and this is my hobby, but the one thing I've learned in gunsmithing is that it has to be perfect, mm-hmm. and and with many things it has to be perfect, but if I cut corners and I'm cheap, my word is ruined because a bad customer in that field will tell a hundred fucking people my gun jammed. And if yep. they needed it, if they were hunting and that protected them or they were hunting and they missed a shot, they waited all year for hunting season. Your ass is done. You have to be good and you have to be a thousand percent reliable. And it is it, especially if it's a defensive firearm, it's specifically probably. I'm assuming this is the reason why you very specifically pick which uh, clients am, you want to work I with. I am very expressly, very very narrow on clients. I do because you don't s- want to deal with those people. I can anymore, but it's it's just it's a different burden. But I understand the patronage system. Someone pays you. They understand your vision. They understand your time, and it works. But if you add a third party into that, it gets really weird. And so here's the thing: is if I have a Patreon, and I on my Patreon, as you know, I, I, I have an hour-long uh, talk about once a week where I get on yeah. there no matter how I'm feeling and I tell people where we are, what things are looking at, what the next steps are, what you can look forward to, and then I deliver it. And so it's like a board meeting. And that's how I run my Patreon is as I see that the people who put shares on and buy pieces of it are shareholders. And when it no longer fulfills their purpose, if they go, I am disinterested in this, they walk away and there's no harm, nothing. It's yeah, just, there's no hard feelings. Yeah, it's 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 just an ecumenical share of stock. And if it's like, hey, I have faith in this man or I don't, and here's how much, and you can just put a number on that, you could say, eh, that's worth about two movie tickets to me. 
okay, that's your call. I will not tell you any of that, but I yeah. will work that hard. Well, I, I have a couple patrons that I Patreon. Right. And they, uh, uh, like, uh, I, I would say, like, one of them is, just, you know, I like D&D stuff. One of them is a custom map maker, so they always release. Yeah, you've shown me their shit. Sci- yeah, it's sci-fi fucking maps amazing. Are, it's fucking amazing. Sci-fi maps, believe it or not, are really hard to find. Uh, yes. Yeah. So this Especially person, good ones that aren't just copy-paste of crates. Yes. Uh, so that, that was one thing I really uh, enjoyed about it. But there's another one that I followed and they would release stuff like maybe once every two months but they were like starting to ramp up their premiums and i was like well you guys aren't doing anything so i just pulled back because it was like i want something i want something for it if you're not getting anything for what you're you're putting your money into then don't feel bad by taking it out well and here's here's the thing is like i was i was trying to show people why i do stuff yeah don't feel bad taking things out because if someone says like look I'm ramping up production. I need to increase my premiums and blah, blah, blah to afford the next production. That's business. And you can say that's too risky for me and I don't want to back it. But if they start producing well, then you can back it. Yes. That's that's what's great. It's capitalism. You can vote with your money. That's perfectly fine. Yes. That's perfectly fine. And and that's that's magnificent. And, and it, that's how it should be. It shouldn't be forced down your throat. But- I have a very different view on the way I do some things. And and I'm going to tell you why. It's 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 kind of a two-part thing. So the the reason why I do things the way I do them is fairly simple. On Patreon, they have repeatedly told me, <laughs> repeatedly told me, um, you need to offer merch for every <laughs> perk. For every perk. For every perk on your Patreon. And I go, why? 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 Yeah, why? 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 And here's why. Here's why. Patreon goes, most people are children and they will drop your Patreon after two months because they want a sticker and then they want to leave. What? So th- that is the idea. So the idea is- I if, don't want children. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah. So the idea is they, they're, they you sub for two months, then Patreon has a merch store that then unlocks and then it works with the creator to basically buy a bunch of really cheap- cheap ass merch and then spray paint your fucking face on it with oh. a stencil so it's like oh that's just so it's like so it's like text shirt text mug text coffee mat text mat and, you know and so some the, like poor like factory of people just yeah, turning this shit out yeah with yeah, yeah, face yeah on it yeah, oh, exactly God. and so it just rolls off this line god damn and, and that's then gross. and then they're like yes and then your customers gain access to this over time and then blah 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 and i'm like or I could put that money into fucking production, which they paid for. I could do that. You could. Or I could give them a hoodie. Now, here's the thing is if if you've been waiting for months for something, I bet it's not a hoodie. <laughs> no. You know, you're not like going, hey, man, you you check the trailer for that new hoodie. You check the trailer for that new coffee mug. Man, that new coffee mug. That trailer looks hot. You never hear that yeah, shit. Yeah, we're do not you? we're not giving you some PVC dragon like like uh, Skyrim did. No, so the the other thing. I mean, I wish we could do that. That would be pretty cool. No. I, I would love to make PVC dragons for everybody. But the the other the, the other <laughs> thing is dogs. the other thing is when it comes to merch is <laughs> that the the other approach is you get all these companies that say. Haha, do this tie-in, put it in your own voice, sell out. Haha, put do this tie-in, put it in your own voice, sell out. Patreon has told me 
everyone who is under a dollar, you need to get rid of this tier because it gets people to give more money. So if you put your buy-in at $5 instead of $1, the minimal buy-in is blah. And so you get five times as much money. And Patreon's basically going, hey, guess what? We're not making as much money off your dollar patrons. So if you make them go away, it's better for you and us. And you know what I did is I wrote that letter out when they sent it to me and I shared it to my fan base. And then I invited everyone to be a dollar amigo to charge Patreon even more money. Yes. <laughs> and so that's the way you fight. A lot of people will say you need to fight the system by X or Y. And it's like, no, just choose to be different and be decent to people. That's it. That's how you fight the system. You don't sit there and go, wow, these AAA games suck. I hate AAA games. I should buy AAA games. No, AAA games suck. Go find a good roguelike. Be a man. Very well said. Uh, if you would like, we do have questions. Let's finish these fucking questions off because we have batches and batches and batches of questions. Three quarters of them are from Tabletop. And I, I'm just going to say this, guys. I write Battletech. I read Battletech. Battletech, Battletech, Battletech. All the questions are Battletech. All the streams are Battletech. And I'm just going to tell you guys, I really like some thought-provoking questions. I've answered the same four Battletech questions a hundred times. Hey, Amen. And, and I'm not saying it to be mean, but I'm saying come up with some thought-provoking shit. You guys out there, you guys and gals, are very, very clever people. I've read your comments. I've seen what silly things you've put out there. I've seen all sorts of creative shit. I've seen your shit posts. You can be creative in your questions. All right. Well, that's that's, that's my that's my challenge to people. I think I think they have been. Uh, we just haven't got to them yet. Like they're they're like they're yelling at us. Like we have been. You're still the same ones from fucking October. I know. You I know. Hack. I, I know. I know. That's probably the case. I grant you that is probably the case. <laughs> However, I did listen to some of the new ones, and they are still battle tech questions. <laughs> so right. yeah. So I went in, and it was like, hey, I know you've asked the same four questions, but. For the 97th time, what if... And I'm like, oh, my sweet Jesus. Well, here we go. How about this one? Uh, this one's a gun question. Oh, thank you. This one is called... Refreshing. Needling us over needle fire. Oh, Drice. Howdy, Tex, Mike, Nick, Goat, and any other fine individuals that may be there. Cowabunga Jumba here, and I am a big fan of guns. Specifically CNR guns. I find them elegantly beautiful. Well, that and the feds don't give two fucks in a hurricane how many Mosins you have. They yes. will, however, get a bit uppity on the subject of RPDs, however. Uh, memories. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Now, I've heard y'all talk about guns before, but I would like to know your thoughts on firearms like the Dress Needle Rifle, Shaspo, Burdan, Martini Henry, and my personal favorite, the M69 Vida Lightning Rifle. Do you like these type of guns, and which one would you rather have besides your good old Victorian combat? Anyway... Love what you guys do. Praise Zolg. Kane lives and Torin concorded for the win, motherfucker. Stay right. safe, y'all. See, now that's a good question. <laughs> Calling Thank in you. straight from Van Zant. Thank you. <laughs> um, of any of those guns that you mentioned of your Victorian era slug throwers, the only two that you could probably even make ammo for are the Dreiss and uh, the Shaspo would be hard because of the seals in it. Um. But the other one that I have shot and seen ammo made for and seen people own and shoot are Martini Henrys. 
and and that is very cool. They are very cool guns. You can still make ammo for them. They are paper patched bullets, and if you go OG, they are rolled foil paper patch bullets, which is a horrifying art form, and I have seen it done. Um, but what yeah. is what is a needle fire gun? I don't know this thing. All right, so um, the back in the day, back in the day, you had your old flintlock, right? Yeah. All right, so I, I'm going to... I know there's going to be a lot of Reddit gun people out there. They're going to be like, Tex, you're going over the dog lock and the snap hats. Reddit, so fuck and, and No, I've seen people, well, they will clip things and be like, well, if Tex had deigned to actually talk about the serpentine and the invention of the... And I'll be like, fuck you. If you want a seven-hour lecture, I'll give you one. Suck my dick. Anyways, as a subject matter <laughs> expert in firearms, I'm going to say this. Um... Back in the day, you, you have your little uh, flintlock, right? You know, and it goes yeah. click clack and goes spark spark, a little pan. And yeah, a little pan. Yeah. And, and the pan goes, ooh, ah. And, the, and then the pan goes, doo, 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 doo. and then the, it goes to the, the little spark hole. You're right. Yeah. And, and then it goes down the spark hole and it goes at the bottom of the thing. And, and then, then right. And then it shoots it, all that pressure and fire. Yeah, pow, pow, right? And there's yeah. an explosion and everyone yeah. screams. And everyone's like, ah, the British, they yeah. are coming. You what, mate? Right? So, we we yeah. hear th- we okay. hear those drums before we hear those guns. Man, that sounds like a fucking awesome commercial. You hear those drums before you hear those guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, British grenadiers. <laughs> see, that sounds like oh my god, that's the return from Knife Fight City. Someone finds a bunch of flintlocks. Yes, they're like they march in a square with their fire sticks. Yeah, you just you hear, hear the drums before you hear the guns. Run from the thunder. It's playing the uh, British Empire's. Uh, anthem but it's like Which synth one? wave like eight we'll pick one but it's playing the synth wave version of it <laughs> awesome <laughs> so um <laughs> so when they fire the the flintlocks so, they have like a little light on the side so the idea the, the problem was is um you, you end up <laughs> it's got an ammo counter on it <laughs> one zero <laughs> <laughs> it's just binary no no it's not an ammo counter it's not an electronic <laughs> ammo counter it's even better <laughs> It's it's even better. It's it's mechanical. So okay. it's so it's it's like yes. a, no. So it's like an egg timer. You wind it, and it's like <laughs> yeah. You give it like four cranks, and you see the th- the zero roll over to a one, and then it fires. <laughs> yeah, and then it goes <laughs> zero. Oh, I love that. That's a yeah. brilliant idea. Um. So uh, all right. Um. Yeah, you could make that happen. Uh. That's that wouldn't be that hard, <laughs> gunsmithing wise. Um. Yes, the original MacGyver. Is yo electric circuits? Uh. Because that's how you uh you can measure uh, cell pressure for making test chambers so that's actually already yeah that, that wouldn't be that hard so anyways but, uh, needle fire so back in the day even though i shit on a lot of that well actually it's because i've shot most of these guns um the the needle fire was a principal idea of how do i increase rate of fire with black powder because smokeless powder isn't until nobel in the late victorian period oh hello goat has come home Goat has come home and he's walking inside. Hello, Goat. Hello. Hello. We are doing podcast. I'm still on the clock. All right. Say hi, Goat, to the podcast people. Hi, podcast people. All right. Bye, Goat. Bye. All right. So, um, so back in the uh, back in the day, the idea is you have like these flintlocks, right? Yeah. And so you're like, okay, I need to fucking figure out how much lead to put in a guide. So you figure out how to make flintlocks better and better and better and better and better. Okay. 
So you figure out how to bake rifled flintlocks and you figure out uh, different reloading drills so you can shoot them faster and then you figure out different ways of reloading so you have like front rank is kneeling and shooting and the second rank is standing and shooting and then the third rank will come up around those guys and kneel and shoot and then it's advanced by fire and you figure out all these things to increase the rate of fire but at a certain point you go all right i can get maybe two maybe three with sharp drill shots a minute out of this fucking muzzle loader this is a problem. So you have this guy who comes on and this is under Mad King Ludwig, you know, the same guy who built all the Ludwig swan. Second, yes. Yeah. The, all the we swan. just played Gabriel Knight too, yeah. which was all about that. So all the swan, swan castle guy. Yes. Yeah. His other major like big thing was like the Dreis needle gun. So, you know, Germans. So, yes. so here's, here's the thing. Dreis comes up with this idea. He's like, what if, what if, we put a bolt at the back that you could lock open and you could put a paper cartridge because that's how they loaded back in the day. It looked like a lipstick tube or a tampon tube. And it was like a little cardboard tube and you would it was greased on both ends with like tallow or fat. And th- that actually was a point of contention in, uh, in mutiny in India because they greased it with the wrong animal's fat or reportedly did so. And the news thereof spread some certain discontent yes. among certain religious groups. So um, way to go, British Empire. So uh, at any rate, you have to bite the rip the top off the cartridge and you would have to dump the you know powder down in there and the ball is in the wad of the cartridge like the end of a gum wrapper so you stick that all in there and you stick that in as wadding and ram that down right well dryce was like what if you took that fucking joint of a bullet and you just stuck it in the bottom of the gun and closed a bolt the first bolt action rifle but it used a paper cartridge so in order for a paper cartridge to get touched off, you have to put a blasting cap, essentially, or mercury fulminate primer, which had already exist in primer guns for a long time. Mm-hmm. So you put that in the center of that paper cartridge, and then as you pull the trigger, the needle, as they call it, the enormous firing pin that looked like a sewing needle, would pierce the end of the cartridge and set it off. Yeah, and all so, that gunpowder and the pressure through a tube. Yeah, so it's it's a bolt-action black powder rifle so when other people are like, ha ha, I can shoot twice a minute. The Dreis needle gun can shoot 20. <laughs> and so it's like, you're like, wow, I dusted these motherfuckers pretty easily. It's it's like, yeah. This, yeah. And then it resulted in a whole host of other problems. Could you sustain that rate of fire? No. Could the gun be cleaned after that rate of fire? No. No. There's New a gun. Lot, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just like black powder in a hurry is a bad idea. Um, the Martini Henry's uh, learned that it is Lawanda with rolled foil cartridges. It is a weird transition uh, era of bullets, but the Dreis would work. And if you could chamber a Dreis with a metallic cartridge, it would work. Um, if you would just have to shorten the firing pen, if you, the Martini, Martini Henry's still work. I've shot them and I've shot them with modern cartridges. They are awesome fucking guns. Fuck. Yeah. I'd love to see it. I'll rebuild one. All right. All right. I, I tell you what, I tell you what, if, if this video does well and people give us a little extra budget, I'll rebuild a Martini Henry. All right. Well, I don't have that kind of power, dun, but I will dun, do the best dun, I can. I'll have to get a pith helmet. All right. We're going to switch over to this computer for uh, these are newer ones. This one just says, oh, George, not the guppies. Oh, no. Why, hello, people, people. It is the sometime Zukov of Battletech Tabletop once again. 
was just listening to the guppy story and dying of laughter. Now I'm expanding my guarding operation into uh, not just canning, because so many potatoes and green beans, but aquaponics, because I like it to fishy, and I like it to year-round spinach. But I want to recreate the guppy Habsburg dynasty that uh, no. Depp made me laugh about. No. Am I a psychopath <laughs> for wanting this? Yes. Is there something wrong with me? Yes. Yes. Oh, God, the guppies. <laughs> also, take back your yard from the squirrels, freaking freeloaders. Work your soil. Grow your potato. I agree. You need to grow your potato. Have, yeah, we have a different kind of uh, pest. Now, it, so squirrels weren't really much of a problem in that, our, our last house, but here it's those are the birds that we have back there. Even the crows don't want to go near them. They're just like, God, these things are fucking loud. They're just like screaming. And the crows are like, well, I'll just go shit on people over here. Yeah. I saw an old one doing that uh, uh, under cars that were going by. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, any advice for this person? No. Just don't do it? Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. That's fucked up. That's really fucked up. That's like Bioshock, man. That's like... But isn't if, a man if, not entitled if to the you sweat to, of his brow? If you, have to, if you have to do the Andrew Ryan speech from Bioshock before you show people your aquarium. <laughs> That's usually a bad sign. That usually like means someone's going to be shooting lightning out of their hands. If the music starts and you like pull back a velvet-like <laughs> thing, I dad different. I, I really think that would really set off so much anxiety in a room full of investors <laughs> if you come out as Andrew Ryan... <laughs> at the end of a quarter isn't a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow and they're like oh fuck I should, oh fuck and they start calling their broker should, like what I happened should, I should do quarterly <laughs> meetings with the BPL with that like that and be like look I'm gonna buy a cannon you've been saying it and I'm a hundred I mean, it's not. I like, don't have that kind of money. I'm sorry. It yeah, you get a screen. good cannon, not just like one of those like fucking pawn no, store. I don't want to buy a pawn store cannon. I don't want to be like, oh, I bought a pirate ship cannon out of pawn store. Yeah, stars. they they built it at like some, big lots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a trash it's can. It's with the best stainless steel uh, cannon you could buy. It's, it's, a, it's paper a, thin. It's, it's a no. It's a dumpster. <laughs> it's it's a dumpster that they've just filled with powder and they loaded a couch it's into. It's a it's a dumpster in the I'd shape buy, of an American flag. I'd still buy that. That sounds like a fucking. Detroit Blaster. I'd love that. Yeah. And be like, oh, wh- oh, what is that, a dumpster? And I was like, no, it's my licensed cannon. This one is just called Guns. Dumb guns are our specialty. Question for the BPL. Uh, do you guys have any uh, odd duck or really just dumb guns that you absolutely love? I love guns in general and their mechanics. I took a couple of roach and pitted out Mosins, uh, combined them to make an Obras, and cool. currently I'm working on fitting a DPM pan onto it. Yes. I've been pushing the pence around and making it into a uh, semi-auto, and yes. similar to like how the uh, Charlton ri- automatic rifle did it. Anyways, I uh, just figured it'd be nice to hear you guys' opinion on just weird oddball stuff. Um, Thanks, have a good one. Love the show. That is the best use of spare parts in gunsmithing is old receivers and what have you. Uh, if you go to like Chef's Park Rising, he'll be like, I have these spare M1 Garin receivers. Uh, all right, so the following I'm turning into Italian BM59s, and these will be these weird prototype M14s. And <clears throat> you can just do that. If it's laying around and it's Im- imperfect, like if you got a, <clears throat> if you got like a sporterized Mosin, a gun. 
And you're like, oh my God, the sporterized most nugget. Oh God, I don't want to turn it into a sniper Nagan. I don't uh, want to do just it. Just a quick reference. What does sporterized mean? Okay. Uh, a just sp- a quick reference. Sure. So a sporterized rifle is one that was one of the many Milsert mil- rifles reported inexpensively uh, into uh, America through the 50s, 60s, and 70s post-World War II. And these were often dimes on the dollar. So rather than buy a purpose hunting rifle, uh, American sportsmen and Bubba's would go out and buy a classic 1903 A3 Springfield. Oh, God. And then they would strip the stock off it and throw it away or saw it down. And then they would saw the barrel down in various places. And then they would drill into the receiver and tap it for uh, civilian scopes. Only so, in an era of excess. Yeah, so they would take these rare, or what are now, what are now rare, civ- or military rifles, and back then they were just like, ah, oh, yeah, cut it down, drill it down, whatever, because this is just an all original Thompson, yeah, uh, and not a big deal. But Mike, buy five of them. But Mike, the, here's the thing: is often it was a cost of like five dollars. It was like for five dollars, I could have a normal hunting rifle, or I could just fuck up this piece of history. And so, I don't get it? It's it ah. was it was a really bad era, and there's a lot of people out there that are trying to fix it. Um, one of the cooler ways I saw to fix sporterized rifles that have been kind of cut down was a guy was taking. Um, Mausers, a lot of Mausers got sporterized, a lot of them, a lot of 98s, a lot of the 98AZs, a lot of the straight old Gewehr 98s. They, I mean, they all got sporterized like fucking crazy and just beat to shit. So one of the things I've seen people do that's really fucking cool, um, and I, I think it's really, 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 really neat is they will take them and then cut them down and make them like cavalry carbines. All right. So they will put them back into the wood, but in shorter stocks because they've been cut down in whatever ways, but they'll just cut them down to like cavalry carbines or like semi obresses and they look really nice. It just restores them back to kind of the way they were. Hmm. And, and it also kind of fills a what if. So it's, it's a nice, it's a nice way to kind of resto mod it and bring it back to what it was. It's such a shame that they do that to guns though. People did that to cars. Um, you Car, saw, yeah, cars. Yeah, I can understand because about, they're super expensive well, even back then. Well, think about 1955 Chevys, right? Yeah. 1955 Chevy was a very marginal four-door family car. The 19 Chevy, or 1955 Chevy Bel Air is just—it's another four-door car. But because it got big in the hot rod scene and everything else, and was in all those movies, it, now they're like two hundred thousand dollars. And it's because a shitload of people chopped them, turned them into low riders, did all these things to them, turned them into pieces of art. Now an unmolested one that hasn't been modified in any way, untouched, just decent paint job is worth a fortune because the original has been lost. And that's, they do it with cars, they do it with motorcycles, they do it with That's art. why the originals are now like yeah. mega rare. Yeah, of course, because no one's fucked with it. It's just as it was in its purest state. It's like the classic car that I own, which is the 2008 Ford Escape, a a classic that has never been sporterized in any way whatsoever because it's a 2008 Ford Escape. With a 2008 (laughs) Ford Escape, doesn't need any sporterization. It's a limited. Uh, It's a limited. It comes (laughs) I got it used. It comes with uh, pre-cut Cleveland rust holes. Uh, hey man, I bought that. I bought that in 2015. Those rust holes are brand new. <laughs> overnight, 
overnight just as he crossed state lines. It was like, yeah. And he was like, I didn't see those before. Like yeah. gas just starts coming through them. Yeah. Well, that was the previous car, my Ford <laughs> Escape or Ford Explorer. This gets bad gas mileage trail of flames. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, it was it, okay. The Ford Explorer was a 97. Exploder. Yeah, you'd pour the gas in, but if you poured it too fast, it would spray onto the ground because the tube <laughs> wasn't able to handle the pressure. I, I had a I had a friend <laughs> in Detroit who said his uh, he had one of those old old um, remember remember when those Lexuses came over with the big V8s and they they came over and they were either tan or like off cream white I forget what they were called. they were like the uh, the something four hundred LS four hundred or whatever yeah. they, they were the big the, they were the big grandpa cars in like sure. eight, late eighties early nineties friend of mine had one of those and he's like this thing's getting shit gas mileage and I was like what do you mean and he's like I filled it up twice this week and I was like, that's not right. No. And so I was like, what is going on? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. And then he said, oh, I figured it out. And I said, what? And he said, someone tried to siphon gas. But what they did is they did the Detroit thing, which is where you come up with a bucket and take a screwdriver and knock two holes in the gas tank. A so faster, it, yeah. Yeah, so it knocks out quick like emptying a beer can, like shotgunning and a beer. you can just stand there and yeah. you don't have this tube coming yeah, out. You don't have a tu- yeah, yeah, so you just have a bucket and some tools standing there and you just walk away. You just like, lean against the car smoking a cigarette or whatever. <laughs> yeah, boom. But yeah. So someone knocked the first hole, not the second. So every time it sloshed, a little bit more dribbled out or what have you and the engine vapor locked really bad. And he was like, it's just acting up. And I was like, yes, yeah, someone just drove a fucking screwdriver in there. And he's like, they were about to drive the second one. You probably turn the corner. And he's like, just standing there with tools. And he goes, now that you think about it, my groundskeeper does smell like gas a lot. Oh. And I was like, uh-oh. And he's like, hey, is anyone else in your parking lot have some fucked up cars? And he's like, oh. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, don't do not do that. Yeah. It's, if you go to work and everyone else has a shitty car and you drive up in the only nice one, yeah, it's not going to be nice for long. Don't know. Nope. No, that's don't that's buy what, nice cars. Drive, drive something that looks like you're a math teacher. If it, you drive it's something cost effective, if you drive something that looks like you're a math teacher, that guy who is just out in the neighborhood and wants to destroy, destroy something is going to look at your POS and go, uh, "That's probably my kid's tutor," and leave it alone. <laughs> or, or they'll break into it and find nothing, uh, which is probably your best bet. And your car, the, yeah, that that Passat, wonderful thing to drive. Passat is uh, I remember it got a lot of really bad reviews like car and driver was like boring blah hey man uh, I was high on I was high on dental medication and I made it home safe Jesus (laughs) (laughs) I'm only kidding I I, the the, it was local numbing I know once it wore off that's when I was like oh hey guess what I could see stars yeah that's when it gets real Um, yeah and I was sitting here like pulling on this vape pen and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, and immediately my uh, world just like got bigger. Yeah. And I was streaming. Fun times. <laughs> All right. So what's the next question? Uh, this one is called man wearing a head bag desperately suggests Battletech alternates to save his life. Oh. Hello, Black Tanks Engineers. This is Mr. Nobody from nowhere. Knowing Tex is a fan of giant stompy robots, I have found some other things that he might look into <laughs> if he's interested uh, for giant... Stompy robots in other systems. 
Um, one of them for fifth edition is a recently kickstarted Savage Company, hmm. which has its own rules for its own miniatures war game. If you're not interested in using fifth edition, hmm. for three point five edition, there's Dragon Mech. If he has already heard of it, then that's cool. Maybe he can talk about it. See what he likes and dislikes about it. And if he likes some more harder sci-fi for Dungeons and Dragons, um, there's Dragon Star, which goes again for the more higher sci-fi as- aspects instead of the Newtonian worldview of Spelljammer. Uh, thank you for listening to this. Hope you have a nice day. Don't forget to be awesome. All right. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with Spelljammer, of course, and the Flodgeston and all the Victorian fun stuff. Um, I'm, I've only heard of some of those, but I'm not really knowledgeable. It sounds like this guy was just calling from like a black site and he had a bag over his head. He's like, I need to make one phone call. Is it to your I, family? No, it's something else entirely. It's, it's Dial something, this. something else. <laughs> I need the phone for 30 seconds for you. Put me back in the hole. Hey, man, that's that's a hell of a way to get your message out. Fuck yeah, man. Stay safe out there in Area 52. <laughs> uh, and then I'll do this last one here, and it's called In Defense of Ohio. Ah, all right. Hey, I'm listening to your episode about Ohio, among other things, and y'all got us down perfectly, but uh, Cincinnati has Ironwind medals, and they make awesome metal battle deck figures so just throwing that out there i mean yeah you can put your office anywhere you don't have to though <laughs> so the guy's I like sh- you got us down to a t but cincinnati's great and you're like boo yeah like yeah boo cincinnati i will say it i get boo fuck you cincinnati go away nobody wants you in this why, world why why look they, they had one good thing about okay. them and it was a television show that was it uh-huh and then they had the they had the bengals uh-huh and they don't know more. They don't know more. They had the bangles. They had And them. they don't know more. Nope. Nobody watches that shit. Mike. Okay, ask yourself. When you think of Ohio, which teams are you thinking of right now? It ain't the fucking Bengals. Yeah, it ain't the fucking Bengals. It's the goddamn fucking Cleveland. Ohio State University. No, fucking it's <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. Oh, no. Nobody thinks about them. No, I free think... Free parking about, in Cleveland, by the, the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cleveland Browns Stadium free parking. That's a big deal. Here's here's the one thing I've learned is uh, Ohio is about fifty states in a trench coat. It is not. <laughs> it is not. It is not a cohesive whole. Every state hates each other. It's like the Italian warring states because they'll be like, we put three people from three different places in Ohio on one pad- podcast, and then we asked the same questions, and it was funny because it was like, what do you think about Ohio? And it was like, oh, it's nice, and then oh, the rain's fucking down, and the shit in the fucking it's hard, and you'll die, and then yeah, college was fun, and it's like three different yes. countries within 10 miles of each other boo cincinnati exactly and i'm like boo toledo boo yeah. all of the get, get dude someone take those cities. dude was peace is gonna fucking find you and break your fucking kneecaps why does west peace care about living in toledo he can go anywhere he, he has wants a motorcycle. To. he's right down there for, look the he reason why he's in toledo is because no, detroit's right down the road and it's mo- way better than mo- living in detroit motorcycle guys are like you don't understand man they've got like range like they have a range like cowboys yeah but they always have a home and i know home, home, my, my home mom was always into that shit right so like when the motorcycle guys like toledo's okay mike you got to be like okay no they know that they're lying through their teeth they gotta look up north and they go oh there's detroit but this is better than detroit so i don't blame you for going to toledo but i'm just saying boo toledo <laughs> so mike they're literally the at, watch the, hey, at, holding the they're, at, they're, they're like hey, look, the watch at, no no for holding at, the wildlings at bay no and hold, you're like boo <laughs> yeah take the wall down listen 
<laughs> I don't live there anymore. Um, so, no, listen. Ask them who fills their fucking potholes in Toledo. It ain't the city of Toledo. All right, Bill Burr, who is it? It's the people of Toledo. <laughs> they can't <laughs> afford it. God. Someone's going around with cement. And I heard that they also have a, if it snows there, they, they have a, uh, a curfew. Well. Because they don't have enough fucking salt for the road. I, I thought it was a curfew in the snow. Like the snow can't be out after six because that's yeah, yeah. pretty optimistic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no snow after six. I will shoot it. The only thing it's got going for it is the University of Toledo. That's it. If it didn't have that, it was done. I I judge a town not by its outsider merits or by the deranged sociopathic ramblings of people just down the road, but by the quality of their cheesesteak. That's perfectly fair. Do they have a good cheesesteak? Where? In Ohio? Yeah. Hell no. (laughs) So you're like, no, new kid. We're not anywhere near Philly. (laughs) I remember. <laughs> well, our cheesesteaks are greasy and cold. <laughs> That's what we got. I'm not our saying cheesesteaks are not, greasy and cold. I'm not it's saying Cleveland. You, look, I'm not saying you can play the lottery with food out there and find a place that might have a baller fucking cheesesteak. Yeah. I had the best fucking breakfast in Cleveland. Oh yeah, where, where it was indifference and bacon. That it was, was that beautiful. Was, it's uh, it was it was indi- Mike and Pearls or something. Yeah, it was indifference. Like the the breakfast was indifference. Like the if you looked up indifference in hospitality, like as a terminology, it tasted exactly like what the picture of diner food looked. like. Yeah, it was the, it was the picture of that glowing diner where they're all sitting there and kind of fuzzy. The food was kind of fuzzy. The experience was kind of fuzzy. The only thing that was for certain was the waiter did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. Was, he was just like, what do you want? Yeah. All right. All right. Yep. Just walked away. It just walked He'll off. Start cleaning. And we thought he was mad at us. And he was like, so how y'all doing? You like this town? And we're like, yeah. He's like, cool, cool. Yeah, I've been living all my life. And we're like, oh, cool, man. You know, and it's like, in Texas, like, dude, does everyone do this? I'm like, dude, I've been to the South. You do the same fucking thing. It's we, just a different way of doing it. Well, we do it different. Yeah. Um, like in the South, you'll drive A lot more up. warm. You'll, yeah, in the <laughs> South, we'll be like, well, in the South, it'll be like, you'll see a guy lean out of his house and he's like, hey, y'all them, y'all that militia? Huh? Yeah, and you'll be like, what? Yeah, everyone's the, gonna be like, ah, what? Yeah, and you're like, y- y'all with that militia? And you're like... Do you know Nutricia? That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the South. Everyone's confused and no one really talks to each other at a di- except at a distance. Well, yeah, it's because they have a rifle behind their back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's You don't want to walk out in the open. No. Because if you're standing in the doorway and shooting, it's castle law. That's right. So, so they're just like, huh? It's because they're waiting. closer to yeah. so I can hear you. Now, so imagine, me and my rifle can Imagine hear you. Han Solo and Greedo yeah it's that's that's texas as a community it's, it it's just like who's gonna shoot first just like ah they're gonna shoot even regardless if there's danger they just want to show you how cool their gun is dude yeah dude it's texas yeah. like you would get in a firefight with a guy and you'd be like holy shit they're like hey is that gun clean <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> is now <laughs> very clean yeah no it, it there's what was it like somebody was trying to show me uh they said Texas isn't that crazy. It's just a tech hub. And I was like, look up world's largest private air force. And he looked it up and he's like, why are there 37 Mirage fighter bombers in Texas? And I was like, privately owned too. And he's like, why? And I'm like, the stars at night are big and bright. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, why? And I was like, no, the real question is why are there ranches the size of Rhode Island in the state? And there are multiple of them. 
and none of them grow anything. They grow meat. Yeah, that's fair. They, they also grow-, grow oil. Oil. The King Ranch actually has a lot. The King Ranch, I think, has more oil than some states. You know, I want to find that the Texas uh, Hadron Collider and then like just build something in it because it seems like the, the perfect place the, for a bond layer. The Texas Hadron Collider is probably still operating, but it's probably like no, just, they they just put the tubes in. The Texas Hadron Collider is probably still operating, but it's probably under the Texas Department of Agriculture now, and they're just be like, "All right, put the corn in." All right, speed it up, light speed. <laughs> so it's just a popcorn that's, machine? That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying they're using it as, is like they put the tubes in and they're just like, all right, we can't let this go to the waste. So they just gave it to like the department. Or, or a race track. Yeah, for for slot cars going Mach 8. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, you want to see a slot car race at 37C? And they're like, Ooh. what? And they're like, hey, check out time i got you come over here with that fucking car mate. that's not even his name i can't say it but check this shit out and you just like put the little car in there and it's like yeah you're like <laughs> it goes it's like a bullet going by it's just like <laughs> yeah there's oh, a fuck. sonic boom yeah there's just a texas guy he's like good old number seven it's hard to make a sonic boom underground but we figured it out you're like man this shit is lit <laughs> <laughs> we took them japanese slot car guys and we invited them down here fits in the tube restless magnets baby <laughs> <laughs> two cultures one idea raise <laughs> raise hell and praise dale fuck yeah man those guys come over here and they're like bonsai and we stab shit it's great <laughs> I actually drank with a Japanese businessman one time and like eight drinks in. He started saying bonsai and I started saying bonsai. It was pretty fucking cool. I didn't know what he was saying before that. Hey, it's probably because you both forgot how to speak each other's language. It you doesn't forgot, matter. You forgot it to speak English. You for, you're like, I don't know any Japanese. And you're like, ah, bonsai. Everybody knows that. Yeah, dude, we That's were all awesome. getting into it. And then he did like Dance Dance Revolution for like two hours. I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. Well, it, I didn't realize. I thought there that are was, two different kinds of people who love DDR people from the midwest and japanese people <laughs> people no pe- i don't know what it is people uh, from in- the midwest and like upper crust japanese businessmen yes. with like pressed french collar suits who after like 20 heinekens are like i must dance I, I, listen <laughs> and it's like i say and it's this good i say this as ddr has not been a thing in many years yet you can go to any arcade that's in the midwest and probably find a machine that's still fucking and a Dave and busters and it will be like well taken care of yes it is it is the it is one you of see s- how big the people are in the midwest <laughs> <laughs> that machine does not exercise no no that that machine is an endurance trial for people in the midwest that's how they learn how to make a better ddr machine is by sending it out there <laughs> So they're like the one where the buttons are all flat and they're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, oh, the up doesn't work on this one because it got stomped too hard. But well, it's, it's kind of like, when you think about it, how do you, how do you actually field test that stuff? I mean, we can laugh at it, but think about the in use of something like that. Think about an interactive touch screen for food that has to be in like a drive through where people will be driving into it with their car. <laughs> You they know? can't. They barely get close enough to a fucking drive-through window as it is. They have to have one that's like on I, an accordion had, that comes out. Yeah, I had one that was great where I went there and they're like, "What would you like?" And I'm like, "Uh, water." And they're like, "Soda." And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Check in." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going, 
wow, fifth element, but way sadder. Because in the fifth element, you could ring the phone and the guy would drive the Chinese chunk and prepare you the fresh Hunan food for you and you could enjoy it and he'd give you a fortune and pet your cat. And, and this That's it's, the greatest part too. Yeah, it's and, like he just shows up at your window. And he's an average guy. He's an average cab driver and he has this on demand and I'm going, I want that. I don't want accordion McDonald's fold out that is like, what? Sugar, Look, man, sugar I, and water. I could live in that block. I don't mind putting my hands on the circles when the fucking cops come to raid. I don't care. Better start a mundaneness. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you oh, hold on. Arrest. I'm, hold on. I'm editing. Give me a second. I got to put my hands in the circle. Somebody has a drug lab on this floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The police are coming through again. But yeah, it's it's like I don't mind a dystopian nightmare so long as I can open my windows in my space apartment and look out and see like the ship leaving the planet. I there's something get, about there's something about that view. Yeah, I just go, wow, I may not be able to afford that, but I can see it and it's cool. It's like seeing the age of sail. It's like seeing the tall ships go out on horizon. You're like, wow. Yeah. Cool. They're bringing One back. One day I'll join yeah. Starfleet. Yeah, it's it's that moment, but like and you get Chinese food in the meantime. That's great. I don't like the sit in traffic for 3 hours and then like watch people fight each other over a soggy fucking sandwich yeah you, i like the idea of just having access to the sky but one day one day one day anyways i think that'll fucking do it yeah all you people out there who are listening i want you to know this this podcast is free of ads it's free of bullshit i'm not gonna try to sell you a goddamn thing i ain't gonna sell out it's bought and sold for by people like you if you want to support, the BPL has a Patreon. If you don't, I understand. There's a lot of things out there, and they cost money. You can't buy shit for hugs, so you got to take care of yourself first. Or spend that money on the booba. We totally understand. Dude, do what you got to do, man. Get do by. what you got to do. Do what you got to do. We have enough pent-up assholes in this world. We have so many. Fuck Games Workshop. Fuck Games Workshop.